0: Everybody glad you're here? Yeah. yeah, baby. God is so good. Right, if you're joining us online, we love you guys. We thank God for you. If you're with us for the first time, man, uh, God has drawn you here at, at an incredibly significant moment because we're diving into what scholars call the greatest book in the Bible, Book of Romans. And at the heart of the book of Romans is what call, scholars call the greatest chapter in the Bible, Romans 8. And many scholars say that in Romans 8 is God's greatest promise. Check it out with me, Romans 8:28. We know that God is always, always, always at work for the good of everyone who loves him. Do you know it? The word know is gnosko, it means to experience. Have you experienced it? Here's the deal, right now, right now, whatever your pain, whatever your circumstance, whatever your struggle, God is at work to your good. You can't see what he's doing, you don't know how he's gonna get it done, you don't know when it's gonna get done, but you just know that you know from your experience with him that he's at work to your good. We know that God is always at work for the good of everyone who loves him? It's a condition. God is not at work to the good of everyone. He's at work to the good of everyone who loves him. They are the ones God has chosen for his purpose. Now, man, getting that promise tattooed on our souls is everything because you got your struggles, you got your pain, I got mine, we got our problems, we got our situation, but you get free. You get above the pain, you get above the problems, you get outside the circumstance where there's peace and hope and joy when you just know that you know that you know that God is at work to your good. Because here's the deal, most people spend most of their lives behind bars. Bars of fear, bars of guilt, bars of shame, bars of worry, bars of anxiety, they live limited lives. And I wanted to ask you, what is it right now that's limiting your life. It's not your circumstance. Everybody's got circumstance. It's not your situation, everybody's got situation. It's not your pain or your problem. It's how you think. The bars are created by how you think about the pain, the problem, the situation, or the circumstance. Change the way you think, and the bars go away. Um, Let me tell you a story, true story. Appeared in the New York, time some years ago about a man named Robert Salzman. Horrific, abusive, nightmare of an upbringing. Not surprising that he spent all his teen years in juvie, all his adult years in prison until he's 51. At 51, he's released from prison, but he is not a happy guy. He has no idea how he's gonna handle his new found freedom. He has nothing, no place to live. He has no one. Here's what he said from the New York Times. At the end of my prison sentence, I didn't wanna leave prison. I had nowhere to go. In fact, one night he finds himself, because he had no place to stay, sleeping on a subway train as it rumbled its way through New York City, only to have in the same subway car uh, the, the film writer and director Rashid Ernesto Green, who happens to be looking for a character for his upcoming movie Gun Hill. He wants someone who to play the part of a hardened ex convict, and when he sees uh, Robert Salzman. Uh, asleep in the subway car with his facial tattoos, his big muscular body, he says, That's the guy. I want him. He works up his courage. He wakes Robert up, offers him a part in the movie. When Robert is convinced the guy's for real, he takes this significant role in the movie. Uh, here's what Rashad Green said authenticity. I mean, Robert had no movie experience except watching him in prison. He'd never acted before, but Rashad uh, Green said, authenticity won out over experience. Now here's why I'm telling you the story. They shot the film on location in a prison on Long Island. And after one long, hard day of filming, take after take, scene after scene, uh, Robert just laid down on a cot in a prison cell, fell asleep. Didn't sleep long, but when he woke up, he's kind of foggy, kind of confused and startled. He's afraid he's still in prison. And then the clutter of his sleep uh, clears and he starts to cry. He begins to sob uncontrollably, keenly aware that now he's a free man. He can walk right out that door and no one can stop him. Here's... Um, how Rashad Ernesto Green described the experience. He said, Robert was overwhelmed that he could just simply walk right out that cell door to freedom, Nothing stopping him. And the truth, same, same deal for you. <laughs> there is no law that says you gotta live with your fear. Not with your guilt, not with your shame, not with your worry, not with your anxiety. It can all be gone. You don't have to do life this way anymore. Now what keeps us here is that these bars are so strong and they are strengthened not by the circumstance, not by the situation, not by the pain, not by the problem. They are strengthened by the lies we believe. Let me show you. The more we focus on lies, the stronger those bars become. And so we get free, not of the circumstance. You don't get free of the situation. You get free of the fear, the anxiety, the guilt, and shame. You get free of what is limiting, constricting, confining your life, what acts as a damaging force within your relationships, you get free. But it's only by making a commitment to the truth. Let me show you. Only commitment to the truth will set you forever free. You never have to go back in that cell again. You never have to get behind those bars again. See, we're going to kick off 2022 looking for personal, profound change in our lives, but we're not gonna get it by making New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions will never affect positive change in anybody's life because 80%, 80% of New Year's resolutions fail. The only thing, the only thing that works to affect positive change in our lives is making a commitment to believe the truth these lies are not the truth about who you are, but we believe them. When we believe the truth instead, that such us free. Isn't that what Jesus promised? Jesus said, you will know. Now that word again is gnosko. It's, it's not a knowledge that you can pick up from reading a book. It's not a knowledge that you can gain from listening to a podcast. This is experiential knowledge. You only get it through experience. You will know through experience the truth. Who is the truth? Capital T truth, who's that? Somebody help me. Jesus, Jesus. okay. So you will experience Jesus and that experience of Jesus will set you free. So Jesus, when he makes a statement, he's inviting you, come, come experience me through your experience with me. I mean, it's more than just going to church, it's more than just reading the Bible. Those are essentials, but it's through experiencing Jesus that you get free of the fear, free of the worry, free of the anxiety, free of the doubt, free of the the guilt and shame. As you experience Jesus, in fact, Jesus says, "You, you wanna be more free, experience more of me. The more you experience of me, the more free you become. And then Jesus goes on to say, the opposite is also true. Check this out, Mark sixteen sixteen. Anyone who refuses to believe me, the truth, will be condemned. That's a courtroom term in the Greek. Katakrino is the Greek word. It's a legal term, and it means to suffer a damning verdict. A damning... Verdict. To, to, to tell you the truth, it's why all of us have spent much of our lives right here. I mean, it's it's not just the fear and the anxiety, it's not just the doubt and uncertainty, it's not just the guilt and the shame, it's the sin. The all all those, the bars, the bars of fear and worry, guilt and shame, the bars are just symptoms of the root. The root from which the bars grow, the root is sin. And we've all sinned. Uh, Paul wrote in Romans, he wrote this way, everyone has sinned, me, you, everyone, I'm sure he means but my grandchildren. Everyone has sinned, even my grandchildren. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Do you know what God's glorious standard is? It is sinless perfection. Every thought, pristine. Every behavior, wholly driven by love. Every word, saturated with making peace, bringing joy. There's no one. That's lived up to God's glorious standard, but Jesus, and He did it with you in mind. He battled His way tenaciously through every temptation so that when He was going to die on the cross, He would lay down on the cross a perfect sinless life so that on the cross he could take all my ugly evil imperfections, all your ugly evil imperfections upon himself and impute to you all the glory of his perfection. That's what happens to you when you believe that Jesus died for your sins and God raised him from the dead. So, we discovered the first significant key to getting free from all the stuff that just haunts our lives that limits who we are and what we do, we get free of it all, we get free of the sin. The secret to getting free is in the first sentence in Romans chapter eight, and it reads like this. Therefore, say therefore. Therefore. There is now no condemnation, no damning verdict for those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul says, therefore, because he's connecting, he's using the word therefore to connect what he has said in the first seven chapters of Romans with what he's about to say in this first sentence of chapter eight. In the first seven chapters, man, he has built a case. Everyone sins. Everyone constructs their own self imposed prison. And as a result of their sin, they're afraid. As a result of their sin, they worry. As a result of their sin, they experience guilt and shame and they can't shake the shame. Everyone sins. So everyone needs someone bigger than themselves, better than themselves, who can free them from their self imprisonment. You need a Savior. He said, Jesus died in your place for your sins. God raised him from the dead. In fact, what he does in the first seven chapters, he just builds tension and tension and tension and tension. It almost becomes unbearable tension, showing us the mirror of who we are, the things that we've said, the things that we've done, the things that we've thought, just showing us an ugly mirror of ourselves. And then at the very end of chapter seven, he does like this happy dance almost shouts, probably sings these words, I give all my thanks to God. His mighty power has finally provided a way out through the Lord Jesus. Now my, get this, now my renewed mind, I've got a new way of thinking about my circumstance, my situation, my problem, my pain, a new way of thinking that doesn't bring up Bars of fear and worry and guilt and shame. Now, my renewed mind is fixed, takes a new focus, a new perspective. My new mind is fixed and get this and submitted to. You see, when you got this action going on in your life, you're submitting to the lies of Satan. He lies to you about the pain. He lies to you about what's been done to you. He lies to you about things that you've done. He lies to you about what you'll never become. He lies to you about who you are right now. He lies to you. And when you submit to his lies, you live a limited, caged-in life. Could I have that text again, please? I got worked up for a moment. Now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. Well, what are righteous principles? That's God's truth that works, always works right. An example, God is always at work to the good of those who love him. That's his righteous principle. He is, always, so no matter what the situation, no matter what the difficulty, no matter what the challenge, in the challenge, in the difficulty, in the situation, God is at work to your good. If you love him and are called according to his promises, that's a truth you can anchor your life to. You see, you have to counter the counterfeit lies of Satan with God's truth. And when you do, he's gonna always tell you lies about what you've done and who you are and what maybe he says you'll never be. But you counter his lies with God's truth. Could we, there you go. You counter Satan's counterfeit lies with God's truth. Now, this lock that keeps us behind bars Bars of fear and shame. The lock takes three keys to open it, three keys to set us free. And each key in this first sentence of chapter eight is a little bitty word. Here's the first one. There is now no condemnation. It's the now key. The now key means something has happened that's changed everything. Here's what's real about me. I deserve the damning verdict. I know my life. I deserve to be damned to hell. That's just the truth about me. I deserve it. But something has happened. Something has happened. Jesus, God, came to earth through human birth, lived a sinless life. It was war, baby. He fought. He fought tenaciously through every temptation until he had done no sin, thought no sin, said no sin, and then willingly took my place on the cross. Took your place. You see, he was our substitute. What I deserve, the damning verdict, it all fell on Jesus. That's what happened. And God raised him from the dead. So now, now the incomparably great power by which Jesus was raised from the dead, that's mine. I get to do my marriage in the incomparably great power by which Jesus was raised from the dead. I get to do my emotions through the incomparably greater, greater than all my feelings as the power of Christ alive and at work in me. I get to do my finances in the incomparably great power by which Jesus was raised from the dead. Something happened, a cross happened, a resurrection, an empty tomb happened. It changed everything. In fact, the apostle Paul starts out Romans with these words, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Christ died for my sins and rose from the dead. For it is the supernatural power of God that changes everything. It explodes away these bars of fear and guilt and shame. It changes the landscape of your love, no longer limited. Jesus says now you are free to live the superabundant life, superabundant joy, superabundant peace, superabundant love, superabundant hope. That's the first key. The now key. Something's happened. The cross and the resurrection changes everything. Here's the second key it's the word no. It's the no key. There is now no condemnation, no damning verdict because of it's not just because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's if you believe that he died for your sins and God raised him from the dead. If that is your belief, if you are surrendered to that truth, there is now no condemnation, no damning verdict for you. Do you know what that means? That means that God will never be angry with you. That means that God will never punish you. Never. Because on the cross, God, Jesus took all God's anger, all God's punishment. God will never reject you because Jesus on the cross was fully forsaken of God. God will never leave you. When you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead, he takes all the condemnation. He takes the damning verdict on himself that I deserve for my sin. That's the second key to freedom, believing that truth. The now, the now key, there's been a crucifixion, there's been a resurrection, and now the superabundant life is mine. And the no key, no punishment, no judgment, no condemnation, no damning verdict. And then, the in key. Freedom is found in a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's the text. There is now no condemnation, no damning verdict for those who are in, in a real relationship with Christ Jesus. Now, you know, how, how does this work? Because just because um, I go to church and I, I've invited Jesus to be the Lord of my life and I believe that he is my savior through his death and resurrection. Uh, man, I still struggle with the bars of fear and shame and guilt and anxiety. How, how does this work? Well, this is the way I think about it. Um... Let's say that this black book is the book of my life. Every page is covered with line after line of my sin. Every sinful thought, every sinful thing I said, every sinful thing I did. Now maybe, I mean, you've got a book like this too. Maybe yours isn't as big as mine, but this is the book of my life. So what hope is there for me that I could ever get free? Well, if this is the book of my life, let's say then, if this is the black book of my sin, let's say this is the red blood of Christ. And it covers all my sin. So when God looks at me, He doesn't see every bad thing I've thought, said, or done. He sees the shed blood of Jesus. He sees the work of Christ on the cross and he accepts the sacrificial death of Jesus as full payment, full covering for my sin. And so it's such a sweet deal. I want in on that action. How do I get the covering of the blood of Christ for my life so I can get free of this prison cell of sin? Well, there's nothing that I can do because it all happens on the basis of what Jesus has already done, full and finished. It's not anything I can do. It's his free gift of grace for my life and your life. It covers all our sin. In fact, here's the deal. If, if you use the blood of Christ to make a new cover for the book, you get a new book. Everything wrong with me. Goes on Jesus and everything right with Jesus goes on me. Everything bad about me goes on Jesus and everything good about Jesus. My book now is the goodness of Christ. Now I started off my talk by giving you half of a comment by Jesus and it's time for me to be done but um, you gotta grab one of these study guides on the way out so that every day you can go deeper into each of our messages. And you'll be given a bookmark that has all these truths for us to believe that will set us forever free from the prisons that we create with our response to our sin, okay? That's for you. But let me give you the full statement that Jesus made. Here's the half statement I gave you. Anyone who refuses to believe in me will be condemned. They will suffer a damning verdict. But here's the whole scripture from Mark sixteen sixteen. Jesus says, anyone who believes me, who believes the truth about me, crucified and risen from the dead, and is baptized, who shares in my crucifixion and my resurrection, that person will be saved. They will be delivered out of the prison. They will be rescued. They will be restored to God's best version of them. But it's a choice. I'm in the prison by my own choice, based on what I believe. But when I choose, To believe Jesus, I get set, but if I keep refusing to believe him, the text says, then I'm condemned. Anyone's going to be condemned who refuses to believe Jesus. So we start today, not with a New Year's resolution of any kind, but with a commitment to the truth. Here's our first commitment. I commit to believe that I am not condemned. No damning verdict for me. I commit to believe I am not condemned. Online, I'd like for you to say this with me. In the room, I'd like for you to say this with me. I want you to hear it, sound of your own voice. I want you to go home with this tattooed on your soul. All week, read it, remember it, recite it until the bars fall away from your life. Freedom is in Christ Jesus. Say it with me. I'll say it, you say it after me. I commit to believe. I I am not condemned. I commit to believe. I I am not condemned. One more time. At home. You guys keep saying it at home, okay? One more time. Because these guys had to get out in the cold. One more time. I commit to believe. I am not condemned. condemned. Thank you, Jesus. He is a faithful God. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wired Podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week.